Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to episode number 23 of This Week in Marvel, Marvel's official weekly podcast of all things. New releases, action, adventure, music, pies, jerky. Our intern Nancy just discovered jerky today. Organic I, organic jerky. Organic jerky. I am Ryan Panagos, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel Digital Media Group, also known as Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, Associate Editor of Marvel.com, joined by... Blake Garris, Associate Producer of Editorial Content, who has had jerky many times. That's when you say joined by... Joined by... Oh. Nancy Wynn, web editorial intern. Nancy, call it a win. Like it. Yeah. I'll be honest. So we had some intense debate here from uh, Carolina-born Blake on the merits of natural jerky versus organic jerky, which Nancy is having. You agree with me, though. I don't want to take a side publicly. <laughs> Only off the record. The jerky council will yeah. not be pleased. The jerky wars should be confined to this room, but we got a lot of fun stuff today, Ryan. Yeah, this is the second time we're recording this yep. episode because of stuff. Yep. You know, technology happens. So we're going to dive right into it. First up, new comics for the week, Banga. We're going to start things off with Age of Apocalypse number two, written by David Lappin, with art by Roberto Della Torre, and beautiful colors by Lee Loridge. Talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago when it debuted. Age of Apocalypse, of course, is the classic 90s X-Men alternate reality where at one time Apocalypse ruled the world, Professor X is dead, a lot of stuff's gone wrong. This book is about what has happened in the Age of Apocalypse with now Apocalypse gone, Magneto gone. Most of the cast of the original Age of Apocalypse is gone, and yet things keep going. The Wolverine of Age of Apocalypse has become Weapon Omega. He is a jerk. He's a jerk. He's become Apocalypse. And there's a group of freedom Pocket fighters. <laughs> there's, our, there's a group of human freedom fighters called the Exterminated who are some of the human X-Men villains from our world like Graydon Creed and William Stryker. They're ostensibly the good guys in this story. Depowered mutants like Jean Grey, Sabretooth, they all play a role. And in this issue, the Exterminated battles Cyclops, who is not only a bad guy in this world, but also died back in the 90s. So how is he back? You find that out here. What I love about this book is, and I said this last time, it's not just a story about one character. It's not just a story about a team. It's a story about a world, a story about society. Lapham is going very widescreen on this, exploring what happens when species become extinct. It's a true dystopian story. I love a lot of the characters. I really dig the exterminated. I love the character designs that De La Torre does. He does a great job of making it clear, you know, this is not the Marvel Universe. All bets are off. Lord's colors are very gritty. Do the same thing. So, some mysteries get set up here and we, we start exploring more what has become of the Age of Apocalypse. And this is really what I wanted from this series. Yeah. I also find myself conflicted because you're rooting for the exterminated who in the traditional Marvel Universe, the characters we've known for years, they're horrible, racist, murdering freaks, and I hate them. Yeah. But in this universe, they're more or less the good guys. I mean, they, they're a little bit more yeah. shades of gray. They're survivalists, yep. and you find yourself rooting for them. It's just weird. Like, great in Creed? Yeah. It's got a great mask, though. His yeah. horror show mask. I dig a lot. Yeah. So, Age of Apocalypse. Check it out. Still time to pick up issues number one and two. They do a nice job welcoming you in. Amazing Spider-Man number 683, written by Dan Slott, art by Stefano Caselli. Just an awesome 
installment. This is the second chapter of Ends of the Earth, which features Dr. Octopus and the Sinister Six basically stepping up huge. For years, Doc Ock, Sinister Six, for the most part, with some exceptions, have been Spider-Man villains. They're confined to the Spider-Man corner of the Marvel Universe. They get beat up by Spider-Man. They have their moments, but they've never really broken out. This is them breaking out in a major way. Dr. Octopus is dying. He has come up with one final scheme to put himself on the map. He's essentially holding the world hostage and also offering the world a way to fix itself, a way to cure global warming, essentially. But no one knows his full intentions. He has the various members of the Sinister Six, Mysterio, Electro, Rhino, Chameleon, Sandman, all off doing various tasks that we don't know the full extent of quite yet. And in this issue, we get to see Spider-Man in a brand new costume that he has designed specifically to deal with the individual members of the Sinister Six, which is pretty cool because Dan Slott is such a comics geek, such a fan that, you know, he just, he stayed up thinking of, okay, what's the technology if I had unlimited budget and could create anything? How would I stop Electro? Oh, okay, this is the way I'd do it. So that's fun to see. But what's really fun to see is you got an Avengers lineup of Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Red Hulk, Black Widow, Spidey, the works. A hugely powerful Avengers lineup. Going against Sinister Six. On most occasions, we, we would think this is going to be squash match, to use wrestling terminology. But Sinister Six is more powerful than they've ever been. They're more organized than they've ever been. The clever ways in which they combat the Avengers, again, credit to Dan Slott here, is just, it's so cool to watch. It's so cool to see these characters who have been around for nearly 50 years used in completely different ways in ways that totally make sense and just taking on the Avengers head-to-head. It's one of the best fights I have read in a while. It's well-drawn, it is well-thought-out, and it's just fun and it's clever, and I dug it a lot. And Amazing Spider-Man has been dynamite for quite some time. This story has been heavily built up. It's paying off big time so far. Fantastic fight, and I have no idea where the story's going to go from here, which, of course, I love. Yeah. One... I love the part where Captain America says to Sandman, hey, you used to be an Avenger. Come on, help us out, and we'll do this together. Avengers Assemble? And that was great. Also, two of the members of the Sinister Six, former ECW superstars, world champions, Rhino, Sandman. It's pretty terrific. Uh, You could throw Mysterio in there, too, because Rey Mysterio was an ECW. Officially my favorite team in all of Marvel Universe. The Extreme Six. I love it. Oh, man, this is Tommy Dr. Octopus Dreamer. <laughs> oh, let's get, let's that get, makes sense, let's, actually. Let's, let's get back on track. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, great issue of Amazing yeah, Spider-Man. Super good. One of my favorites. Yep. This week, Avengers Academy number 28, written by Christos Gage with art by Carl Moline. This wraps up the two-parter with the Runaways visiting the Avengers Academy. Lots of great interactions, really cool character-driven story here. There's a great big fight between the two teams, but it's really about the characters learning about each other, understanding each other, coming together, finding a place within the world with each other. Also, you get Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy, which is always a delight in this. There's a lot of great fun stuff. I really especially dug the stuff between Julie Powers and Carolina Dean and what could come from that, and really what could come from everything that's built out of this two-parter. The Runaways and the Avengers Academy kids and, and the faculty have a relationship now and you get the sense that this is far from over there's a lot of cool places that this can go and I'm really looking forward to seeing that
I, I forgot when we when we did this the first time around when we recorded this podcast. I love the stuff with Victor Mancha and Giant Man. Yeah. He keeps calling him Grandpa. Grandpa. He's like, Dr. Pim, you don't need to call me Dr. Pim. Grandpa, call me Dr. Pim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christos Gage, you rap scallion. Total rap scallion. Yeah. So what else came out this week? I think that's it. No other big comics this uh, week, really. Well, no, you? obviously Avengers vs. X-Men number one is out this week. Big, huge, crazy, big, huge, crazy, big, awesome. It is everything you want out of comic books. It's big storytelling, big, important fights. Phoenix is coming back. What that means for the Marvel Universe, what that means for the X-Men, what that means for the Avengers, what that means for all the characters involved, that's what we're getting to. And this is the first issue, setting up all the story, where it's going. Yeah, we've been talking about this for forever. Brian Michael Bendis, Ed Brubaker, Jonathan Hickman, Matt Fraction. In this issue, art by John Romita Jr. Jason Aaron. Don't forget Jason Aaron. He'll kill you. I can never forget Jason Aaron. I was actually showing a photo of Jason Aaron to someone yesterday. It's like in my, my wallet size photo. Yeah, no, that's cool. <laughs> John Romita Jr. does art on this issue, but we're also going to have Olivier Coipel art and Adam Kubert art. It's huge. It's great. First issue out this week. Well, I won't spoil anything. Just read it. Enjoy it. Yeah. We really can't get into the plot details of this because it's so big and has such big ramifications on the yeah. Marvel Universe. Stuff to say. This is the first chapter. It sets up huge conflict. Already starts to answer all the questions you guys have been asking us. And this would actually be an opportunity time to mention that we will have Tom Brevoort and Nick Lowe on one of our upcoming mini This Week in Marvels that we put out on Tuesday. And we're going to have them answering your questions. So in addition to the questions you normally tweet us, tweet us questions specifically for the editors of AVX. Use the hashtag This Week in Marvel AVX. And we'll get going to that. But there's so much more to this comic than just the story. Yeah, well, I mean, the, yes. The bells, the whistles. The bells and the whistles. So you buy AVX number one, whether it's print or digital, you can get it on the Marvel app, and you can get it in your local comic shop. With the issue, you get Avengers vs. X-Men Infinite Comic number one. It is a specially created, just for the digital medium, issue. It tells the story of Nova as he makes his way from, well, if you read the point one big giant size book we did a bunch of months ago, he was dealing with a big crazy problem. Tarax was there. But this is Nova racing back towards Earth with the Phoenix Force yes. on his tail. As only a human rocket can. Yes. And it's told perfectly by Mark Wade and Stuart Eminen. It's a digital-only book. You're going to get it for free with AVX number one. If you don't purchase AVX number one, I don't know who you are. I don't understand your your livelihood. What is going on with you? Do you need to talk to me? Like, do you want to go one-on-one? We can talk. Maybe have a coffee. We'll figure this out. We'll work it out together. But if you don't buy AVX number one, you can get the Infinite Comic for 99 cents. I don't know how many pence that is in the other countries out there. Blake? Yeah, do the the math for us, Blake. Blake, look it up. All right, great. Thanks a lot, Blake. That's Uh, our research department here. 99 cents. 99 cents will get you the Infinite Comic on its own, but really get AVX number one. Because on top of the great full issue, on top of the Infinite Comic, you will also get all the augmented reality content you can handle. And that includes the cover, that includes seven different points throughout the issue, that if you have the free augmented reality app on Android or iOS, you can see all kinds of cool extras. Yeah, you get to see... Pencil pages literally become inked, become colored before your eyes. You have commentary from Brian Michael Bendis. You have Axel Alonzo walking across your screen and explaining stuff to you. On the cover, we have the trailer. It's essentially, 
if you're watching an episode of your favorite TV show and you're like, wow, I can't wait to watch this again in eight months with all the DVD extras, with all the commentaries, with all the vignettes, we give it to you right off the bat. Bang, bang, bang. No additional cost. You get the DVD extras. This is the collector's box set Criterion Edition right now, same time. Complete incredible added value. It's like the Golden Girls box set that comes yeah. in the handbag that I have. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, with the 3D I have that. with the 3D trailer. You can come over and watch it, Blake. Please. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. What but else we got? What what else do you need? But we love. we we do, we do have, all you need is love. We had a lot of other great comics this week. We had Daredevil number 10.1 written by Mark Wade, art by Koi Fam, colors by Javier Rodriguez. This is Perfect use of the Point One initiative. Point One is intended to be jump on demonstration issues that basically this can get you into your favorite comics, give you a sampling of what it's like. Daredevil is one of our best books, one of the best books out there, period. And this is a perfect kind of standalone, but tying into the larger plot. If you want to take a sample, take a sample. Matt Murdock visiting in jail a uh, supervillain named Pyromania, who he just put away as Daredevil. Pyromania was targeting Matt Murdock, and Matt needs to find out why. It all ties back to the Omega Drive, a device which Daredevil has recently gotten his hands on that has information on Hydra, AIM, Black Spectre, the Secret Empire, some European organization whose name I forget, the five of them. Dr. Voldemort's Good Time Fun Factory. There you go, Dr. Voldemort. Good, good, good drop in. That was was that your Gandalf reference of the week? Just keep going. Okay. Stop, stop embarrassing yourself. You're, emba- you're embarrassing Blake. So, anyways, you just get a great sampling. Of, you get a lot of tastes of other storylines going on in Daredevil, but it has all the humor of Daredevil, all the smart stuff Mark Wade's working in. Beautiful art. Try this issue of Daredevil. Jump into the Omega Effect crossover coming. Later this month, I believe, in Daredevil and Avenging Spider-Man and The Punisher, it's it's the perfect sampling, and this is one of the best books out there, and you're going to find out why. Just pick up issue 10.1. Yep. Fear Itself, The Fearless, number 12. Not the penultimate issue, but the (gasps) ultimate issue. Yep, that's this week, and it wraps up everything that Colin Bond, Chris Yost, and Matt Fraction have been putting together with art by Mark Bagley and Paul Pelletier. I mean, this is Valkyrie being hell yeah awesome. She... Kicks some major booty in this issue. She's fantastic. Wraps up the big storyline. She essentially beats Sin, but luckily Sin gets away. I guess luckily, luckily? for Sin. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, good I don't for, like good Sin. Good for Sin. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a big fan. Neo-Nazi Sin gets away. Oh. Ryan Fanago celebrates. Yeah, great. Woo, woo, woo. But yeah, this wraps up all the stuff that they've been doing in The Fearless, but as a great story often does, it leaves so much out there, lets you... See where these things can go. A lot of cool, fun stuff for Valkyrie and even for the DOA and Sin. And for Damon Hellstrom. Stuff coming up for Damon Hellstrom. Yeah. I, I said before, I love Crossbones in this issue. I love what a badass jerk Crossbones is. Everyone gets a nice moment. Dr. Strange gets a nice moment. I mean, it's really a Valkyrie's book. Yeah. Both emotionally and as far as just kick-butt moments and setting up her new status quo. But Valkyrie's in a character who, going into the Fearless, I didn't know much about, and coming out, I'm really excited to see what she does yeah. next. Brunhild for the win. 
Brunhild for the win, indeed. Hulk number 50 came out this week. That's right, 50 issues since we met the mysterious Red Hulk we now know to be Thunderbolt Ross. Written by Jeff Parker. Lead story art by Carlo Pagulian. Easy for me to say. Carlo Pagulian. I know how to say the name. I just he's started terrific. out. It's been a long day. He's so good. He's so good. Red Hulk has some issues with, he's, he's hanging out with his, his machine buddies, Machine Man and Annie, the LMD, because he loves machines. And he doesn't. <laughs> doesn't. They're so easy to deal with. We're using one right now. Yeah, and it's never let us down. Nope. So he's hanging out with them. He runs into some problems, both of a technological and supernatural nature, and turns to his good pals, the Avengers, for help. <laughs> they help him to a degree. He ends up going to Doctor Strange, and in the course of this, learn a lot more about the past of General Ross, his relationship with Red She-Hulk, a lot of stuff that Jeff Parker's been building up over the last 25 issues. There is something out to get Red Hulk, and we're going to find out what. The story is called Haunted Hulk, and it is that for a reason. We also get... We also get a backup story with art by the great Dan Brereton, which is a flashback story from the life of Thunderbolt Ross, setting up the lead story. We get a history of the Red Hulk, a lot of stuff in Hulk number 50. Congratulations to everyone who's worked on Hulk for getting it to this monumental occasion. Pizza for everybody. Also this week, New Mutants number 40, Andy Lanning, Dan Abnett, Leo Fernandez, it's terrific. You guys know I love me some New Mutants. In this, it's a very... What? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm waiting for you to crack. You're, <laughs> just, you're breaking. I, I'm, I'm ready to go, kids. Keep, keep Leo going. Fernandez, great art. This is a very Doug Ramsey-centric issue. You know, really, a lot of the series, whether it's the Abnett and Lanning or the Zeb Wells issues, been very Doug Ramsey-centric. And it's interesting because he doesn't have the flashy powers. No. He doesn't have the thing you think of when you think of Mutants and X-Men. For years, he was a punchline. Cypher. He was dead, and it was, well, you can't have a worse mutant power than Cypher. And ever since he's come back, these guys have been working to show, hey, Cypher has an awesome mutant power. You know, they really, they continue to expand his power to understand essentially everything. He understands language, and they talk about how it's his awareness and understanding of reality is growing and it's really cool a lot of fun stuff they beat the the gross virus and i hope i hope that this means doug is okay no. and he's gonna be okay stuff is brewing for doug ramsey you can tell if you read this issue he seems like he's okay but there's more to it which i love because that's where you get conflict from. And that's great storytelling. I just want five issues of them just sitting no. there being happy. No, that would be, no one would want to read that. Maybe Blake. Sorry, Blake. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Blake's Blake a great happiness. guy. No, okay. he's, he's happy. He's handsome. He's just doing so well. He's got a beautiful beard on his face. I don't know. <laughs> that confused everyone in the room. Be anywhere, man. He wears it on his face. All right, let's keep rolling. Let's keep rolling. Thunderbolts number 172. 15 years of Thunderbolts, Ryan Panagos. We celebrate with the big Thunderbolts versus Thunderbolts story, written by Jeff Parker, once again. Art by Declan Shalby, friend of the show. And cover by Mark Bagley, original co-creator of the Thunderbolts. The current Thunderbolts have been hurtling through time, going back and forth, and now they have reached the point in the original Marvel Universe where the original Thunderbolts formed. Followed up Onslaught, Fantastic Four are missing, Avengers are missing, this hot new team has come on the scene. Of course, we know now that they ended up being the masters of evil, but at this point they are still heroes to the world at large. 
Of course, the two teams fight after trying to avoid each other. You get to see the two members of the current team, Moonstone and Fixer, who have equivalents in the originals of Meteorite and Techno, how they try to avoid their past selves. Some very interesting matchups, especially Atlas versus Mr. Hyde. That's a great fight. Boomerang has a fun moment. Citizen V gets some cool stuff. A lot of insight into Fixer uh, and Techno, who are going to be a big, big part of this arc. But it's really it's a celebration of Thunderbolts, a celebration of this book that came out of nowhere and has now been running strong for 172 issues. Declan Shelby rocks it on art. He loves this stuff. Jeff Parker, in addition to the main story, also has an awesome backup feature where he interviews Kurt Busick, another co-creator of Thunderbolts. And over the course of this arc, he's going to be speaking also to Tom Brevoort, the original editor of the series, and to Mark Bagley as well, the original artist. So big celebration of Thunderbolts. Very cool. Celebrating. Across the street and over a few blocks in Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 9, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Beautiful guest art by David Marquez. So good, I just want to punch you in the face. Yeah, you should punch Blake in the face. Not in that beard, though, his face beard. You don't want to move it. So, in this issue, we have the aftermath of... Miles Morales has battled with the Ringer. He has apprehended the Ringer. He has to deal with the police, which is a lot of fun. We get an idea of what his relationship with them is going to be like. But we also have a lot of focus on the villains of this book. The Prowler, who is Miles' uncle. We have the Scorpion, who we love. This tattooed, scary mofo. You love him. I do. You do. I think he's great. You don't like the Scorpion? I think he's a great character. I wouldn't go so far as to say I love him. Love him. I'd have him over for tea. So they're kind of getting up to their own thing in the middle portion of this book. We learn more about the Prowler. He has another little skirmish with the Scorpion. Yet the Scorpion's intentions restated. He wants to be the kingpin of New York. And that's going to be leading some trouble for Miles. Miles is already having problems with his secret identity. A lot of stuff going on there. The art is just... Knockdown, drag out, gorgeous in this issue. David Marquez. Marquez should just quit right now. Just David, stop doing this. David Marquez worked on our season one Fantastic Four graphic novel, and this is his first serial work for us, I believe. And it's, it's just, it looks fantastic. So good. As always with the Ultimate Comics, free digital redemption code in here. Get the book in print. You can also get a free digital copy. Give it to a friend. Give it to Blake. Do whatever you want. Put it on your Twitter and just let someone enjoy it. Put it on your Twitter. Let someone enjoy it. it. That'd be very cool. I've done that before. Idea. Yeah. So, that's what's going on with Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man. Cool stuff to come from there. Venom number 15. Venom is finally through the Venom Circle of Four arc, and now we're coming out the other end with Venom now on the Secret Avengers. This issue is all Fallout, but it's one of my favorite issues of the series. It's Flash Thompson dealing with the mess that he left to basically get into the Circle of Four. He abandoned his family right after his dad died. He has a really harsh confrontation with his mom and his sister about that. He has got to finally confront Betty Brant, who he just left in the cold. He has to deal with the fact that he fell off the wagon as far as his alcohol problem. He does get to join the Secret Avengers, but in a very interesting scene, it's Flash kind of being, you know, outward, jolly, Flash, cocky on the outside. He's got this inner monologue or dialogue, I guess, with his Venom addiction, where he is completely not being truthful with the Avengers, with Captain America as hero, with Giant Man, with Beast. He has a great interaction with Valkyrie, but more than anything this issue, I love this scene between Flash Thompson and Peter Parker. They've known each other since Spider-Man began. Flash Thompson was the bully who gave Peter Parker a hard time. Over the years, they've evolved into friends. They respect each other. Peter's worried about Flash. Neither of them knows the other's secret. 
Flash doesn't know Peter is Spider-Man. He never has. And now Peter doesn't know that Flash is Venom. The two of them sitting down and they've basically become kind of mirrors of one another. A lot of stuff the same but very different. I don't know. I just, there's something about their conversation, their interaction that I just really, really love. And Land Medina does a great job on art. Rick Remender wrote the book. Land Medina does a great job on art just with little touches here and there. For a comic where not a punch is thrown that I can recall, Venom does not become Venom. He's Flash Thompson the whole time. Just a stellar issue. One of my favorite issues of the book so far, like I said. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Yeah, pretty good indeed. Over in the X-Verse, Wolverine and the X-Men number 8, written by Jason Aaron, featuring Chris Pachalo back on art with Tim Townsend on inks. We have the fallout of Wolverine and Kid Omega's trip to the Intergalactic Casino, where Wolverine literally got his legs broken by goons, as will happen when you go gambling in an intergalactic casino. Right, Blake? Mm-hmm. Blake knows that. Blake knows that to be true. So, Wolverine is now back on Earth, and in the, one of the most wonderful, ironic twists that only Wolverine and the X-Men provide us, he's now in a wheelchair, Professor X-style, teaching at the old school in Westchester, waiting for his students to show up, but hey, wait, his students have gone off on a mission of their own to basically prove themselves to Wolverine, and they're led by Angel, who has had his mind wiped, who thinks he's an actual angel now, so that is interesting, but he leads them on a mission that I don't want to get into here, but it's a lot of fun. Meanwhile, Sabretooth has been hired by the new Hellfire Club to mess with Wolverine and the X-Men, and he does so by going after, of all people, Beast, and he goes after Beast via his girlfriend, Agent Brand, of S.W.O.R.D., and it leads to a brutal fight in outer space between Sabretooth and Beast. Chris Pachalo, perfect artist for this. It is not pretty. It's bloody. There are claws everywhere. Agent Brand gets a few great moments, but it shows us that side of Beast that we don't really see, the, the reason why he has that code name, and very interesting insight into him. So another great issue of Wolverine and the X-Men. Fun stuff, but also some very heavy stuff as well. Yeah. You want more Wolverine? Do you? Really? Well, here you go. Wolverine and the X-Men, Alpha and Omega, number four, the penultimate issue. Penultimate. Penultimate issue to this series, written by Brian Wood, art by Roland Boshi, Mark Brooks, and a cast of others. It is really terrific. There's a bunch of folks on this book. It's a lot of great stuff going on here. Quentin Quire, crazy, evil, jerk. Well, I guess he's not really evil. He's sort of... He wants to be evil, but he tends to skew chaotic neutral. More than anything else? Yeah. He's built up this construct with his super brain, and he's got Wolverine, he's got armor in it, and he's putting them through the ringer. Wolverine, in this issue, gets to Quentin, in both reality and in this false brain place. And it's nasty. Roland Boshi's art depicts the real world, and there's one full-page spread of Wolverine that is just Side by side. Growth. Yeah, well, it's side by yeah. side. Mark Brooks's art is just gorgeous, and Wolverine's yeah. buff, and he's, he's tired, but he's like, yeah. he's Wolverine like you think of him. The other one, Roland Boshi's Wolverine, is just disgusting. Yep. He's all bloody, he's cut up, he's got like his jaws all like half cut open. Blake, it's really gross, man. You should check it out. Yep. Well, there it is. Blake's classic lean forward like he's in a congressional hearing answer because the microphone's over by us. I don't even know if that picked him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great issue, and I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. And 
you know, it's interesting to see this from the Quentin Quire character, how he's sort of changed through all this, how he's not as in control as he always wants people to think he is. Yeah. Really cool story. And finally. Here we go. Bittersweet. The end of an era. X-Club, number five. One of my favorite limited series in years by Simon Spurrier and Paul Davidson comes to a close. There's just so much great stuff in this issue. Dr. Nemesis, as he has been this whole series, shines like a burning star full of science and weird. It's fantastic. You've got Dr. Kavita Rowe, whose <laughs> her interactions with Nemesis are just getting are better and better every issue. It's terrific. Um, you've got the rest of the X-Club crew. They solve the problem. They beat the jerk-ass Nazi. They do what they got to do. I love this book. You will read it. Yeah. There's not much to add. It's We've been following this book since about the beginning of the podcast. It started about the same time we did. It was one of the first books that we picked as our pick of the week. We recommended it. We've been pushing it all we can. I would love to see these characters back together with this creative team again, be it a one-shot, be it a backup, be it another limited series, be it a Boy Can Dream ongoing series. Just phenomenal, funny, emotional, action-packed, beautiful stuff. Thank you, Cy Sperrier and Paul Davidson for X-Club. Yeah, all that. And which of these comics can you read on the Marvel Comics app? Every single one of them. Booyakasha! You can read every single one of these right now on the Marvel Comics app. You can give us your picks of the week, your twim of the week, but what do we have for twim of the week, Ryan? It's tough. I mean, there's Avengers vs. X-Men. Mm-hmm. There's, for me, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Amazing Spider-Man, probably yep. my top three. Yeah, I like all three of those. That Amazing Spider-Man, just I love that fight so much. I like Venom a lot. Uh, like I said, just a great clean clothes issue, if you will. I uh, worry about Rick Remender. I mean... I'm just saying. You know, what? what's going to happen? He's, he's still here. Can't get rid of him. Let's take it to the peanut gallery. Hey, Blake Garris. Blake Garris, associate muckety-muck. What do you think? Well, what, based, based on what you heard from us and what you read, what's your twin of the week? I said Daredevil the first time, but I changed my mind to Venom. Venom? Yeah. Wow. All right. I had more passion for it this go-round. Yeah. You're really pulling back the curtain. Mm-hmm. Revealing secrets of the unheard podcast. You already said you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying you're really detailing it. That's good. All right, Venom. I love Venom. Nancy, full of win. I'm sticking to the Amazing Spider-Man still. Amazing Spider-Man. So we got Amazing Spider-Man, Venom, Daredevil, Avengers X versus X-Men. All get mentions. Four good books out of many more good books. Based on the terms of service, yep. by listening to this podcast, you have to buy every book we say is part of the Twim of the Week. So well, Also, all the other books we talked about, too. Yeah, buy everything. Yeah, buy everything. Yeah. So anyways, tell it. us your Twim of the Week. Tweet us this week in Marvel. Uh, we also have collections on sale this week. We have collected editions, courtesy of our friend Max Beckman, providing us with a list, because I saw the original list that intern Kerry put together, and it was terrible. It was, did not include any of these books. Avengers, Hawkeye Solo, a limited series that wrapped recently is out in trade paperback. Avengers, Legion of the Unliving, collecting some 70s and 80s stories with uh, very interesting undead characters led by Grim Reaper. This is kind of, a, kind of an oddity, so I'm kind of psyched to see it in trade paperback. Avengers Mythos, the great one-shots from last year, collected in a hardcover. Avengers West Coast, Avengers Assemble, the first Avengers West Coast story collected in trade paperback and no doubt already on the shelves of one Jim McCann. And finally, Spider-Man, The Return of Anti-Venom, which was the anti-venom story that took place right for Spider Island. That is out in trade paperback. Collected Twim of the Week 
Agent Panagos. I'm going to go P. with The Return of Anti-Venom, probably. I really like that story. Good choice. It's a good choice. I'm going to go with Avengers Mythos. I thought those books were all just beautiful, well done. It's a perfect primer for the, the movie we got coming out. Certainly so are, is, and were. We also, of course, have single issues released on the app, the Marvel Comics app, out of order, courtesy of our intern, Carrie, who now has two strikes against her. She's not here today. She's never here to accept the consequences of her actions. Anyways, issues number 7 through 12 of the current Avengers series, issues number 19 through 25 of the 2005 Black Panther volume, issues number 5 through 9 of Dawkins Dark Wolverine, a book that I have been talking up big time in the last few weeks and months, all six issues of Ultimate Comics Avengers number 2, and finally issues 7 through 9 of X-23. Also, on the Marvel app, we have digital collections. Out this week, you have Avengers Academy Volume 1, Permanent Record, Deadpool, Amazing Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk, Identity Wars, John Carter, Princess of Mars, John Carter, World of Mars, Mighty Avengers Volume 2, Venom Bomb, New Avengers Volume 7, The Trust, and Pride and Prejudice. But wait, because the Marvel Comics app is not the only way you can read comics digitally. At Marvel.com, if you go to the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited section, you can, among thousands of comics, sample these newly added comics. We have Amazing Spider-Man number 336. We have issues 1, 2, 4, and 5 of the current Daredevil series, one of the best books around right now. Presumably number 3 is in there somewhere, but we did not see it when we were looking this over. Ryan is going to look it up right now. On the Kindle Fire. See if this was a glitch of some sort. We have issues 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 of FF. So if you want to get into that series, now is the perfect time. We have X-Men Magneto Testament, which is a book I have much love for. Issue number 5. And we have a whole heaping helping of Fear Itself, our last crossover. If you're getting into Avengers vs. X-Men, prepare yourself with our last big event, Fear Itself. We already have Fear Itself Black Widow number 1 out. We have The Conclusion and Fear Itself number 7. That's available. We have all three issues of Fear Itself Deadpool. And by the end of this week, we will have all four issues of Fear Itself Fearsome 4, as well as issues number 1 and 2 of Fear Itself The Deep. That's a lot of comics, y'all. A lot of comics for you guys to enjoy. You should not leave the house this weekend. All right, so now it's time to talk a little bit about the stuff available this week. First up, PDP, our friends over at... PDP? P- PDP. Yep. Yeah, so that, that sentence came out weird. Yeah. They have new iPhone cases featuring iconic covers from Marvel's past. You can get Frank Miller's Wolverine. You get Venom Lethal Protector, number one. Totally can. Yep. Ron Lim, all up in that. I think it was Mark Bagley, but okay. Mark Bagley, Ron all Lim up in that. Ron did the interiors. Mark Bagley, all up in that. Yeah, really terrific. There's a bunch of great covers, and they've been doing a bunch of these now. For us, for iPhone, for iPod Touch, great work. Really nice covers, too. I think I probably gave you one. Nope, I'm going to give you one later. You will get the Venom Lethal Protector. Oh, I know Blake wanted that one. No, that's too bad. He doesn't have an iPhone. Look at him. Look at his sad. I'll still take the case. What are you going to do with it? Keep it. Crafts. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in addition to that, 
in Marvel Avengers Alliance on Facebook. There's a new costume for Storm. That's available. We're going to talk a little bit more about Avengers Alliance in a couple moments. Right now, I'm going to kick it over to Strami, who's going to drop some info about games, movies, and TV. Strami, take it away. Hello, hello, hello. Hello there, this week in Marvel listeners. This is Mark Strom, Marvel.com assistant editor, out here in Los Angeles at Marvel Studios, coming to you from deep within the heart of the studios in the Hulk conference room here to bring you the latest in Marvel television this week. Of course, we have the Marvel Universe block this upcoming Sunday. New episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. This, of course... Starts at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Disney XD this Sunday. Kicks off with a new episode of Ultimate Spider-Man entitled Doomed. You may or may not see a character who is named Doom. Yeah, okay, it's it's Dr. Doom. You you see Dr. Doom, the heroes, the little band of uh, trainees, Spider-Man, White Tiger, Nova, Power Man, and Iron Fist. They get into a little trouble in Latveria, and they run into Dr. Doom, and shenanigans and hijinks ensue. You can see a clip from this week's new episode on Marvel.com right now. It's a... Extremely entertaining clip, I think, which features Spider-Man and Nova trying to one-up each other in a sparring session in a S.H.I.E.L.D. training room. It's very great. I think you'll dig this episode. And right after that is a new episode of The Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. This one is called Alone Against AIM. And as series story editor Christopher Yost described it in our live blog last week. It's essentially Die Hard in Stark Tower. So, it, I mean, that pretty much sums it up right there, only instead of Bruce Willis, imagine Tony Stark having to fight his way through Stark Tower against AIM. He's helped out by Captain America and his good friend James Rhodey Rhodes, who, you know, if you're, uh, if you're trapped in a building that has a bunch of awesome armor and technology fighting for your life and your name happens to be Rhodey, you know, there may be, uh, there may be a spare set of armor lying around, maybe possibly, that you could maybe pick up to, uh, to put on and uh, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe get your own suit of armor. Mm-hmm. You'll have to uh, tune in to find out. That, of course, begins immediately after Ultimate Spider-Man Inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD. And that pretty much covers everything for this week in Marvel on television. So with that, I'll send you back to Ben and Ryan, and I will be back with you momentarily for the latest in Marvel TV, games, and movie news. Thank you, Strami. Ben, why don't you go and deliver us some of that news you got? Well, in comics news this week, obviously AVX is the big story, and we covered the crap out of it on Marvel.com, as you would expect. We have information on the on-sale, so if you are looking for your copy of AVX, either digitally or in print, we tell you how to get it. We have some coverage of the AVX parties that went on this week. There are thousands of them. There were just... Insane, off the hook. It's one big party. It's still going on. We have details about Avengers X-Men. It's going to be on the Chew, the 
lifestyle and cooking show on ABC. Jumpin' James Viscardi gave us a little more information on that. You can check that out when it's going to happen, how you can see it. We spoke to Kieran Gillen, the writer of Uncanny X-Men, good buddy of ours, and also one of the writers of AVX Versus. He's going to be working on issue number two, which features Spider-Man versus Colossus. He spoke about that. He also spoke about what AVX is going to mean to Uncanny X-Men. And then we have released our Dynamite three-part ABX What The Special. I'm very proud of this. Got to work on this with the brilliant Alex Kropak and an incredible, massive cast of voice talent, including the one and only Ryan Panagos bringing Deathlock to life as only he can. It's true. It's a virtuoso performance, but this was a lot of fun. It's our stop-motion series. We tell the true story behind Avengers vs. X-Men, and I hope you guys give it a look. I'll be honest. I think I can win a Cable Ace Award with that. Oh, yeah, man. With my Deathlock, yeah. If, totally. those, if those still exist, then yeah. They definitely do. For sure. Do not talk ill about the Cable, Cable Ace, Ace Awards. Awards. You got a lot on your, your shelf. Wait, but before you go on further, mm. just give the fans a little bit of information about what, what the is in case they've never seen an episode. Yes, yes. What the is, like I said, it's our stop motion animation series. So basically, if you've seen stuff like Robot Chicken or anything like that, we take the Marvel characters and we do anywhere between two to three to five minute mini episodes featuring kind of a humorous bent in the tradition of what the the comedy anthology title we once had here and you know we've tackled everything from Avengers vs. X-Men to we have our own kind of what the verse we've done parodies of award shows of sports of other stories our own original stuff you can find it all on the Marvel YouTube channel and again the guy mainly behind it is Alex Kropenak does the animation he's the director of it produces it along with myself and Jesse Falcon and we try to put it out every month, and we have a great time with it. We hope you guys enjoy it as well. In other non-Avengers Sex Men news on Marvel.com this week, we continued our coverage of Hulk Smash Avengers, the five-part limited series that is coming soon, and we are covering it weekly. We detail a lot of projects from Marvel Custom Solutions, our custom publishers. Talked about a project they worked on with Captain America Comics for the U.S. Troops, done with AAFES, and also another project they worked on with Siemens and Elks, to talk about alcohol awareness. We relaunched Marvel Kids. That was a big deal for all of Marvel.com. So if you go to MarvelKids.com, you can see all the brand new features there. And finally, just to remind, WrestleMania was this past Sunday. And as we spoke about in the Blake Revealed first version of this podcast, we spoke about how, you know, once upon a time when wrestlers or UFC fighters or anyone would come on Marvel.com, there was, I don't want to say a curse, but there it was, was a curse. curse. Yeah. yeah. I guess up. you'd call it a curse. Uh, we would interview them, and they would lose. They would get injured. They'd have to retire. It was bad news. Some things they kept talking to us, but... I'm here to say that the two gentlemen from WWE we interviewed last week, the two superstars we interviewed, Sheamus and CM Punk, emerged from WrestleMania, the showcase of the Immortals, as the WWE and world champions. They are the two biggest stars right now in WWE, primarily, I think, because we interviewed them. Yeah. So if you are a wrestler, if you're a fighter, if you're a celebrity, if you're looking for a boost to your career... Come on Marvel.com. We will do that for you. We will give you that. That's what we do. That's what we do. We're dream makers. I like that. Yeah. Also, speaking of that. Yes. 
I what, else, what else did we do? Who else did we help this week? I interviewed George R. R. Martin. Right. Pretty look much. What happened to him? Made his dream come true. Yep. TV series. Yep. But I interviewed George. Didn't R. R. Martin. they set like ratings records on they Sunday sure did. after he spoke to us? Boom. Done. Almost swallowed my gum there. Nice That's job. That's how good it was. I spoke to George R. R. Martin last year, probably in the summer. So I was holding this interview for a little while, wanted to get it up close to the start of the new season, and we did of, of Game of Thrones. Yes. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. But George is a hardcore Marvel fan from way back when. He's had letters written in and published in Fantastic Four and Avengers back in the 60s. He interviewed for a job at Marvel, was turned down by Roy Thomas at the time. He went on to do great things. So yeah, he all did good. okay. All good, but it's, it's actually a fun interview. I'm happy with it, and I uh, hope you guys dig it. On top of that, we also this week revealed the Hawkeye Hot Toys figure. You can get that from Sideshow Toys at SideshowToy.com, and it looks exactly like Jeremy Renner. Like, how did you describe it earlier? It's his face on a toy. Yeah. It is. It technically is. They scanned his face and put it on a toy. Yep. It's terrific. It's super articulate. I mean, it's just really high-end. Get it if you're going to, like, display it. Mm -hmm. Don't get it to play with it like G.I. Joe's or anything like that. No. No. Not a good idea. Finally, Avengers Alliance, bunch of updates and tweaks to the Facebook game. We noticed that Captain America and Thor got some new boosts and powers and fun stuff. Changes to some of the ways, some of the times. You know, I noticed that training a character takes less time now, which is super awesome because before it would take hours and hours to train someone from level four to five or five to six, and now it takes much fewer. There's little tweaks here and there you'll notice too, like with Spider-Man, when you would use his web shots before, it would slow your opponent down. Now it actually webs your opponent, yeah. so they're customizing it to really tailor to uh, each hero, which is very cool. Yeah, like Captain America has a leadership boost, which gives everybody more stats. They're like, hey, Cap's here, let's yeah. fight harder. It's great. I love yep. it. Switched off the order of Cyclops' moves so you can get his precision punch. Sooner, so a lot. lot Sif as well. Sif has a same with Sif. Switched around her moves. Yep. Yeah, really cool stuff. If you guys are playing Avengers Alliance, I know you love it. If you're looking for other allies to give you boosts in Avengers Alliance, you can find them by using the Twim Alliance hashtag on Twitter. We know a bunch of people have linked up, become friends with new people on Facebook to get the boost that you get from having more allies. And it's great. They're out there. Tweet, find out uh, some new people, and get stuff. Can only help. Only help. All right, Strami, help us with some news from your side of the country. Hello once more. This is Mark Strom, Marvel Duck, I'm assistant editor, returning once again to update you on all the latest Marvel movie, TV, and games news. To begin with, Marvel movie news. I don't know if you know this, but we have a movie. It's a small indie intimate drawing room drama called uh, Marvel's The Avengers. It comes out on May 4th. And we have tons of new stuff for you from that. We have, in this past week alone, we unleashed a new one-sheet poster, which I was very excited about, because it features Agent Coulson, who is possibly one of my favorite characters from the movie. I know, even more so than all the superheroes. I don't know, I just love Clark Gregg as Agent Phil Coulson. Always have, ever since his first appearance in the very first Iron Man movie. So, he got his own one-sheet poster. 
We announced that there will be a number of fan screenings of the film on April 14th in 10 different cities. Five of them we already announced. I believe we're announcing the rest of them very soon, if not already, by the time you're listening to this. But you can check out facebook.com backslash Avengers, the official Facebook page for Marvel's The Avengers, for more info on that, as well as a list of all the cities. We brought you two new TV spots from the film. The first featured... Tony Stark giving a headcount of all the Avengers that Loki has managed to tick off, and the second gave you a great look at the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier taking flight, which was very, very impressive. We also brought you the very first full clip from the film, which featured Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow. She got called in from a mission at a very inopportune moment and had to sort of fight free from some thugs. It's incredible. It's great. You can already see sort of the hint of Whedon-esque dialogue and just sort of that Jaws Whedon flavor, even just from this tiny little clip. Head over to marvel.com right now to check it out. We, speaking of Jaws Whedon, we had an interview with him and an interview with Robert Downey Jr. a while back. Agent M, Ryan Panagos, and I went to the set of The Avengers, and we got to speak with most of the cast, as well as Jaws, Kevin Feige, you know, and several other people. And we'll be running those interviews for the next several weeks. This week we began with a piece featuring Jaws Whedon and Robert Downey Jr., of course, went up yesterday. Tomorrow we will have, I am forgetting at the moment whether or not it's Scarlett Johansson or Jeremy Renner, but it is one of them, or possibly both. Hmm. And we also brought you eight new behind-the-scenes photos from the film that feature some very cool shots of all the actors filming. Gives you a taste for what you have in store, as well as the process that went into creating the film. Apart from all that, I believe that pretty much wraps up everything for Avengers news for this week. But of course we'll have more as the days go on, and more and more as we build up to the release of the film on May 4th, which I am crazy, crazy excited for. We also announced today that the sequel to Captain America, the first Avenger, will hit theaters in 2014 on April 4th, I believe is the date. With that announcement, we brought you a new shot of Captain America from the Avengers because, of course, did I mention that we have this movie called Marvel's The Avengers coming up? So, you can look forward to that in 2014. We also had the exclusive announcement that the original Spider-Man trilogy, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man 3, are all coming out on Blu-ray on June 12th. Now, these Blu-rays are, of course, high-definition versions of the film, but they also have a few new special features. Each film has a few new special bonus features that were not on the film's original DVD releases, so you should check them out. They all come out on June 12th, of course, just a few weeks before the release of the next Spider-Man film, The Amazing Spider-Man, on July 3rd in theaters everywhere. Moving over to Marvel Television news, of course, I mentioned that we 
had a new clip from this week's episode of Ultimate Spider-Man. We'll also have a new clip from this week's episode of The Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which will be going up today. And if you happen to miss the series premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man or the season premiere of The Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes last week, you're in luck because you can now download the first episode of Ultimate Spider-Man and the first episode of The Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes Season 2 for free on iTunes. But this is only through April 9th. After April 9th, they will still be a bit available, of course, but you will have to purchase them. They're available in both standard and high definition. And you can also get the second episode of Ultimate Spider-Man, which is part two of the pilot. And that is available for purchase right now in both standard and high definition on iTunes. And jumping over to the games world, yesterday we brought you six new screenshots and a new trailer for the World War Hulk pinball table. This is part of the Marvel Pinball Avengers Chronicles pack that will be available for download this spring. World War Hulk is one of four tables, including a table for the Infinity Gauntlet, a table for Marvel's The Avengers, based on the film, and a table for Fear Itself. We'll be bringing you more news on that set of tables, hopefully soon. Soon, yes. We will we'll have more news for you soon. And that pretty much covers everything as far as news. I will let you go. I will bid you adieu. I would like to thank producer extraordinaire Blake Garris for his patience. And with that, I will send you back to Ben and Ryan to round out this week in Marvel. Thank you for listening. I will speak to you next week. Cool. Blake and I were totally listening to Astronomy. We weren't talking about Belle Bib DeVoe. You guys weren't talking about Belle Bib DeVoe at all. No, that would be crazy. Yeah. That girl is poison. Anyway, um, time for questions on This Week in Marvel. Again, if you want to send us questions or comments to address on a future episode of the podcast, use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel, one word. You can also address them individually to us at Agent underscore M, at Ben J. Morse, at Strami, at Blake Garris, at Bounty Rolos, at... Who, who? Who is it? Who you want? I don't know. What are you trying to think of, boy? I don't know. I got no one else, I guess. We're you, good. You can complain to Carrie at Fangirling Daily. Be ready for some sass. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Too much. A lot of sass. All right. We're going to dive right into the question, starting with one of our regular listeners, The Ninja 1991. Love The Ninja 1991. He tweets asking if we think Spider-Man will be in an Avengers movie. And the answer is no. Due to contracts and yep. where the movies are made, which studios, Spider-Man is currently, and for the foreseeable yeah. future, from Sony. And that was a question that Joss Whedon answered point blank. Yeah. Spider-Man will not be in the movie, and Joss would never lie to us. Right. Also, another one from at the Ninja 1991 He says, I work in a movie theater. We are not showing all the Marvel movies before Avengers comes out. What do I do? Well, the Ninja 1991, I believe that is an exclusive promotion to AMC, that movie franchise. So it is most likely you do not work at an AMC theater. So what you're going to have to do is take the day off, go to your local AMC theater, do not tell your boss where you're going, and then you can enjoy 16 or so hours of Marvel movie goodness. It's worth it. Yeah, you can check that out. But yeah, it's exclusive to AMC, so find your local AMC. The Ninja 1991 also tweeted us a photo of himself in a Spider-Man-like pose. It looks cool. you got to get the costume if you want to be Miles Morales. Don't go halfway. Yeah, do it up right. Yep. All right, at Swagpool tweeted, Who do you think would throw the best house party at the Jean Grey School? 
I was initially tempted to say Rock Slide, just because he's a he's a party animal, yeah. he's a wild and crazy guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I revised my answer to Kid Gladiator, Imperial Monarch. Certainly has to have the cash to throw around. Loves to get crazy. The party, which would become a fight, would get broken up very quickly, especially with Wolverine being a wet blanket that he is. But, you know, while it lasted, it would be a happening. It would be a happening. Totally be a happening. Yeah. My advice to anyone at the Jean Grey School would be to wait until Wolverine's out of town, which I assume is every five minutes, because he's in Madripoor with the Avengers or doing something somewhere. Wait till Gambit is in charge. Wait till Gambit's watching the place and then just go to town because Gambit is certainly not going to bust you. Yeah, then give him a hot foot and push him in a lake. Well, anyway, the lake would solve the hot foot. Yeah, but it would still be funny. Okay. At Loaf187 tweets, you should use point one instead of point five for your mini podcast. Point one just feels more Marvel to me. And Brent, I totally understand that suggestion. It's actually something I thought about before we started doing these. But I think I want to keep the point ones. Let the publishing group have yeah, this one. Gotta let them have something. Let them have something. Point five is just, it's sort of, you understand it's a halfway between episodes, and that's that's kind of what we're doing here with those. Point one is very much a publishing thing for the comics. couple from at Dirty Lash. I know how you love us Brits, Agent M, but who is looking after the UK now that Captain Britain is in Secret Avengers? Are there any comics based in the UK still running? Well, number one, Captain Britain, just because he's in the Secret Avengers, does not mean he has forsaken your homeland, Dirty Lash. He's still looking out for things. We saw that in his first issue of Secret Avengers. There could be a panel where he just says, screw you, Britain. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. That's, no, it's not. If he gets Americanized, who knows? Those guys Whatever are... mender get him for too long. Yeah, but you got to remember that in addition to Captain Britain, you have all of MI-13, Pete Wisdom, Spitfire, Blade, potentially. Black Knight was hanging out over there. Union Jack. Excalibur, Union Jack, Spitfire, I already mentioned. Motormouth, Killfire. Not Killfire, Killpower. I'm mixing them all up. Destiny Knights 2, of Pendragon. Knights of Pendragon, Dark Angel. All the Marvel UK characters are right there. You got a whole universe of characters waiting to help you out. And they, they stopped Dracula. They stopped the vampire invasion from the moon. So, you know, if Captain Britain's not around, you're still going to be just fine. Yeah. At Dirty Lash Tweets, would love to know who in the Marvel offices has the messiest desk and whose desk is verging on OCD. Messiest desk? I'm looking at him. Yeah, my desk it's is you. pretty messy. But yeah. that's okay. It's okay. You get stuff done. Yeah, I got that's, bigger fish to important. fry. It's a actually... Nice big tilapia. <laughs> what? Well, no, we, we share a desk, and so actually our desk is very messy, even though my side is, you know, contained chaos. But Well, we share you, two you've, conjoined desks. Yes, you've taken over part of my half of the desk. I more have a quarter of the desk. It's, my, it's okay. Mine by rights. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Yeah. Blake, but, also only been here a week and a half, has a pretty messy desk. Yeah. It's a good job there. He has no organizational skills. Yeah, pretty poor. But oh, that'll be reflected on your yearly review. <laughs> yeah. Who has the cleanest desk? You know who I bet has a clean desk? Is C.B. Sobolski, because he's never here. <laughs> it's actually he's true. Always out of the, he's always out of the country. He's always traveling. So there you go. C.B. Sobolski. OCD. Yeah. OCB. Finally, from Dirty Lash, he tweets, I will give up my twin points if you can get Twimmer Maniacs into the pages of any comic somewhere in the background. 
Well, Dirty Lash, first of all, twin points are worthless to us because we have infinite twin points. Yeah, wait, here, watch this. Five twin points to Blake. Yeah. Five twin points to Nancy. Yeah. Five twin points to Ben. Oh, Don't. thanks, man. I'll give you five twin points to you. Thank you, Ben. See, we don't need twin points. We have as many twin points as we need. As far as getting you guys in the page with comic, um, you know, maybe we can work on We've been doing a lot of stuff with, like I said, Marvel Custom Solutions lately, and uh, our good friend Todd Nock draws a lot of those. So we'll see. No promises, but please keep your twin points to yourself. Yeah. At Alex and Morales tweets, what other characters besides Iron... What other characters besides Iron Fist have tattoos? You just mistakenly said Iron Fist, and I all the time mistakenly type Iron Man and Ion Fist. I'm convinced there are great characters just waiting to be created with those names. I say go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Addition to Iron Fist, you've got Bishop, Malcolm, yep. Randall, Shard, Shard, Madrox, Layla Miller. Yeah. All the ones with the big M tattoos. Yep. Anyone from that future. Has, well, you know what? Trevor Fitzroy didn't have one because he was like he was, just, he was a he, fancy pants type. He must have escaped getting the tattoo. Yeah, I don't remember. He's a jerk. I loved Trevor Fitzroy with yeah. that green hair. Green hair, dreamy green hair. But yeah, they've got it. Rachel Gray, we were talking about earlier. She's got face tattoos. Also, that big tattoo of Phoenix on her back, which the Shiar gave her. She hates that. Ultimate Scorpion, my new villain, De Jour. Du Jour. I don't know. Blake, you speak French, right? Do you? No. <laughs> It'd be so much funnier if people could see him like laboriously leaning forward, yeah. but take our word for it. But yeah, a lot of other characters with tattoos. Yeah, there's I'm sure there's plenty more. Yeah. I'm sure like Songbird has a lower back tattoo or something. Yeah, there it is. Alright, Alex underscore M Morales tweets, are there any plans to make a villain focused book? We just finished Dawkins, which can't recommend to you enough. Pick that up in collections. That was certainly focused on a villain. We had villains for hire. Thunderbolts is always kind of about villains to an extent. It's always bad guys trying to, or in some cases being forced to try to make good. And once Thunderbolts becomes Dark Avengers, this is number 175, it's going to be even more about villains and Luke Cage trying to reform them. So that's definitely a villain focus book I would say check that out and also again check out Doc and, and back issues speaking of this question this one from at Bibliotech she says tell me I wasn't the only one who teared up at the last issue of Doc that last page is one of the reasons I love comics can't tell you the only one because I you know I was, I was pretty misty at that last page of Doc and the last issue of Doc I was sad to see the book go very emotional last couple issues and just a great book should definitely tweet Rob Williams, 71, and, and let him know how you feel. I know he appreciates it in his dry, cold, British way. Yep. At D. McInnes, 37 tweets, is the Marvel AR stuff going to be in most Marvel books or only in the big stories like AVX? Well, Dave, the current plan is to make sure we get it throughout AVX. Uh, we want to make sure Avengers vs. X-Men has as much bonus augmented reality content as possible. We're not going to stop there. There's just we don't have any specific books to tell you right now. Right. But you'll get a plenty of use out of your augmented reality app. Can't stop, won't stop. No, 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 no. At McGinnis 37 also tweets, How do I get the Marvel AR app on my Android? Is it in the Google Play Store? It sure is. You can search for it on the web. You can search for it from your device. You can also get it on iTunes and any of your iOS devices. So get up in that. All right. New reader, listener, tweeter, coming through with about two pages worth of tweets. So. Ooh. Hold on to your butts, guys. Ref Gremlin. Ref Gremlin. 
Yes. First of all, Ref Gamlin is a big fan of Stromy's, it seems. Wow. Loves Stromy's laugh. If you have not heard Stromy's laugh, you can hear it in the .5 podcast that we did from WonderCon, and it's a genuine laugh. That is how Stromy laughs, and it is wonderful. Can't fake that. It's legendary throughout the Marvel offices, coast to coast. Ref Gemlin thanks us for pointing him toward a a special weapon that you can get through X-Play on the web if you search X-Play and Avengers Alliance. You'll find out that there's a, a special weapon you can unlock for free for clicking on a link in a news story and watching a video. Really cool. That's for free. There's more stuff like that coming from Avengers Alliance, and we'll keep you posted. Ref Gamlin wants us to have some kind of fanfare, sound effect, for when we announce the word penultimate. I like it. We should have something like that. We should have like a trumpet, something regal. Blake, give us a trumpet sound. Boop, boop, boop. You're, you're doing... You're putting your hands, yeah, I know, you're making your hands look like a trumpet, but you're still making like some sort of weird flute sound. It's, I can't see your hands it's like when you record. It's a European yeah. instrument. No, it's, it's very, European it's instrument. Very yeah, European. it's not yeah. here yet. Yeah. Very European. <laughs> Something like, yeah, you know? that's good. That's like that. Good. So, <laughs> the price is right. Yeah, 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 the price is right. Think price is right. Take some of those sounds, save them in your sound bank, yeah. and put them in there when we say penultimate. All right. Just lick your pencil before I you... fake lick the pencil. No, you licked it. Yeah. A lot of comments from Ref Gemlin about previous episodes. It's really cool. I've been watching these tweets come through because it's been catching up on yeah, a bunch of episodes. Cool. It's fun for us to know that people are reacting to the show and yeah. are really into the things we say. Confused by some of the things we say, and that's fine, but that's okay. We confuse ourselves. And we sure do. Raph Gimlin is going to buy the oral history of the Avengers as a collection, even though he owns the issues because Good of us. Call. Good yeah. call. It's really great. I was actually flipping through it before. Ref Gimlin is happy we have the Twim of the Week for trades, and I think that was a great suggestion. I apologize for not remembering who Can't suggested remember. it, but it was terrific. There's a question. Is Hulk blood red or green? In Avengers 24.1, She-Hulk is blushing red. Surely Hulks and She-Hulks blush deep green? It's an interesting question. Definitely seen green Hulk blood in the past. Can't remember if I've seen Red Hulk blood. I know for the Red Hulk, he has yellow blood when he is in Red Hulk form. As far as how that translates to blushing, because I guess that's the blood rushing to your face. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I don't know how the, the pigmentation of the skin and the, the color of the blood and the oxygenation, it's all very scientific. Science-y. Yeah, we'd have to get a, a scientist in here. Yeah, also all the Hulks sort of are affected right. differently. They're all different. So it's whatever is going on. Yeah, good answer. Yeah, there we go. Ref Gimlin really liked Valkyrie in The Fearless and just... So did we. And Avengers Children's Crusade, as did we. Ref Gimlin also notes that we made a reference in 18. Uh, there was a question about Razor Fist and wiping. And then Ref Gimlin says that was actually a joke or a conversation held in the Toxin limited series. I see. We'll have to go back and revisit we'll have to go that. back and read Toxin. Yep. Uh, Ref Gimlin nice. is a Daredevil movie yep. devotee. Come on over to Team Daredevil movie. Cinematic Daredevil. So I like it. Welcome aboard, Ref Gimlin. Minus five twin points. Plus five twin points. Plus another. Ref Gimlin says that a conversation we had in episode 17 led him to the letters page in Avengers Academy number 26. Doesn't often read them, but says, quote, My God. I am in shock, end quote. I'm glad you read the letters page. Listen, 
back when I was a kid, every book had a letters page, but it felt like it was just space they had to fill because you were expected to have a letters page. If you have a letters page in a book today, it's because the editor or the writer or both of them want it there. It means they're putting something into it. It's a labor of love, and it's generally pretty good. I really enjoy a lot of our letters pages, whether it's X Factor, Avengers Academy, Journey into Mystery, Wolverine and the X-Men, Amazing Spider-Man. If it has a letters page, it's definitely worth reading. Yes. And then Ref Gimlin rounds it out with a bunch of things that he enjoyed, which is the uh, Super Apes from Winter Soldier, Iron Fist in New Avengers, and the Serpent Society, Serpent Squad crew. Serpent Squociety would be there. Mashup name. Yes. All right. Now we're off to the Ungaji section. Oh, boy. He says he demands more Rachel Gray in his comics. We can make this happen. How much more Rachel Gray do you need when she's already in Wolverine the X-Men, Wolverine the X-Men, Alpha and Omega, and X-Men Legacy? That's three books at the moment, all featuring Rachel Gray. I would like to know the limit of what does more mean. You want him in six books? Nine? This Ungaji character. Yeah. He's a nightmare. I don't know. All right. This one is a a good question. He says, I know that you both have early access to plot lines, scripts, etc., and thus, does the final product still hold the capacity to surprise and execution, even when you know all the details? It's interesting, because while we know the story ahead of time and sometimes even read the scripts and all that stuff, the final product, the comic book, is so... It has a way of affecting you. The art can tell different things that the story, just the written word, doesn't. Sure. There's a lot to it, and, you know, we're often surprised, and it's great. We want to be surprised. Yeah. It's, you know, we kind of have the best of both worlds. We know everything that's going on, but seeing how that is all executed, particularly we know in advance, is a whole new kind of enjoyment. So, it's cool. Yeah. Ungaji buries you a little bit for not finding This Week in Marvel on the site, but then he also says that we should all watch the Daredevil director's cut together. So, I'm going to say no. I don't know if that balances out. I don't know. Yeah. Because he's saying he can't find last week's episode on the site when it was clearly on the site. Right, Blake? Yep. We put it up. Mm -hmm. We jammed that. It was tough. You were here until like 3 in the morning working on it. Not 3. So that is a slap in the face to you, a slap in the beard. How dare you? you. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. wow. I got a rile out of the Southern Gentleman Lake. Southern hospitality was out the window. He's taking off his seersucker jacket, and he's going to punch somebody. Taking off his bolo tie and (laughs) getting ready to go. Off the horse. (laughs) And then finally, Ungaji tweets, kind of thrilled about being labeled Agent M's nemesis, but sad, too, as he seems a generally classy guy with spectacular ink. Hmm. I mean, he's met you. Numerous times. And I am spectacular. You are spectacular. This is Tim Stevens, who who writes for the site. I'm not familiar with him. Well, I mean, you meet so many people, but he's only met more than you. It's true. When he says, seems a generally classy guy, I think that's another insult towards you. Hmm. He should just say, he is a classy guy. I have met him. Hmm. Not making any friends this week, Ungaji. Ungaji. All right. We got a couple of great tweets and comments from Ms. Morrow Girl. Not a lot here that was stuff we're going to repeat, but <laughs> she does like our suggestion for her to date Lightspeed. Yes. Could be difficult with Lightspeed and Carolina from The Runaways going and, on their date. And being a fictional character. Oh, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> Ms. Morrow Girl tweets that this week in Marvel needs to impromptu drag in Nick Lowe more often. If only just so he can A, prove Ben wrong again, and B, say Jiminy Crickets. Ms. Morrow Girl, what? Have I done? Plus 510 
Five, ten twin points. I'm not even going to bother. I'm not going to waste my twin demerits. I'm very upset. I expect a prompt apology next week because clearly that was uncharacteristic behavior. Yes. Ms. Marvel Girl finally tweets, should I change my name to Captain Ms. Marvel Girl for Captain yeah. Marvel? Carol I should Landers. change it to Captain Marvel Girl. Ooh. Yeah. She's ditching the miss. Mm-hmm. Thing of the past. All right, couple from RCS underscore T. I asked and seen others ask this question. Do you have plans for digital comics on Windows phones? What about Windows 8? Well, Robert, there are no current plans for that. That could change. That could always change. All stuff could change. Everything could change. Yeah. In five minutes, Blake could grow wings and fly out of here. Things yeah. could change in a heartbeat. You never know. So I have no info on that for you. Yeah. RCS underscore T tweets, question, how did you get the Agent M name? I think of Men in Black when you say it. Curious about the origin. Obviously, I was Michael Jackson and Hilarious. changed it to Agent M. It didn't work the first time, but at least you guys knew what was going on and yeah. you laughed. This time we're just laughing about how it didn't work. Anyway, so when I was hired in 2006, I was hired by John Dokes to create editorial for marvel.com there was no editorial presence aside from a few press releases and a couple of blogs so one of the things i did was create a blog called spy in the house of ideas which took the nickname for marvel the house of ideas gave me a personality of like a spy and we thought okay nick fury we use nick fury as my avatar and you know shield agent okay agent give me a name Sort of like Bill Roseman's old character when he worked here back in the day, which was... Your Man at Marvel. Your Man at Marvel. This was Spy in the House of Ideas, and my name would have been Agent something. So I said, well, I'll be Agent P for Agent Panagos. And that was quickly and... <laughs> rightfully. Rightfully struck down. John Doak said, no, it should be Agent M, M for Marvel. That's why he is an executive yep. vice president right now, and I am not. I am learning. I have learned. And we are all better for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Couple from at Remember Reach, he tweets, is the original Marvel Universe have more characters than the Ultimate Universe? Well, the original Marvel Universe started back in the 40s, and the Ultimate Universe started about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, year 2000. So, yes, the original Marvel Universe has far more characters. It has a good 60 years of history. So it's going to take a while for the Ultimate Universe to catch up, which it won't because we're always making new characters. Righto. There you go. At Remember Reach tweets, if you were to be any Marvel alien race, who would it be? I would be a Skrull because I like the idea of changing shape and right. having that ability. I would be a Super Skrull, yeah. obviously, because I would have to have powers. Why are we even having this yeah. conversation if I don't get powers? Powers of Force Works? Yeah, definitely Force, Force Works. Who's on Force Works? Uh, that'd be U.S. Agent. So, so you, I got know, I shield. have a smarmy attitude. Uh, second Spider Woman, currently Madam Web. Cool, Bio Blast. Uh, Iron Man. I'd be smart. You know, you know Iron Man. I'm I'm sort of uh, familiar with the character. Century. He was a teleporter. Oh, the guy that was just yep. in the. Yep. He was just in the Avengers Annual, and then Scarlet Witch. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. So the ability to do anything. Yeah. Done. I'll take it. There you go. You're the Force Orc Super Scroll. All right. Yeah. Uh, I would be from Xandar, home of the Nova Corps. They've given so much to this. Universe. They're responsible for protecting the entire galaxy. I mean, that, they so did cool. real well during Annihilation. So cool. Hey, did we win? We won. All right. Things worked out. Blake, Blake Garris, who'd you be? I'm still going with humans. Humans. So boring. Very daring, Blake. You have a tough time. Very daring. Nancy for the win. 
I would be from Asgard because that makes me a god and immortal, and I would totally kick rear. Kick like rear, yes. Kick rear. Good answer, Nancy. Yes. Nancy winner. At Brad the YM tweets, Hey guys, I love Ghost Rider 9. What do I have to do to get these two characters, Johnny and Alexandra, back? Glad to hear that. We like Ghost Rider 9 as well. Buy the collection of Ghost Rider. Tweet editors and make some noise at conventions. Tweet Rob Williams, 71 again. He was the writer of Ghost Rider. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. But, you know, just keep demanding them back. And eventually, hopefully, we'll see them back again. Yeah. At the underscore Chris Murphy tweets, Polarizing fight between two epic teams, Avengers versus X-Men. Choose your side. i got to go with the Avengers. We have said before on the podcast, and we will stick to, that until the event gets underway and we kind of know where everyone's coming from, we're going to refrain from taking sides. Yeah. I'm going to be Wolverine. Ryan is Wolverine. So there you go. There's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> At... Moldwitch tweets, will every character be getting more than one suit in Marvel Avengers Alliance on Facebook? Look for more costumes to come. We talked about Storm this week. You will see more. Yep. Moldwitch tweets, really like the Avengers point one issue and Vision as well, but Magneto would destroy him. You're right. Done. I know. I don't think it's that open and shut. Open and shut. Vision, you know, he was angry in that issue, so he wasn't really using his rational synthesoid mind, but Vision Vision can go intangible. Uh, he goes intangible, as you saw in that issue. Magneto can't touch him. His his power means nothing. Do, do, All do, he's got to do... do, 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 do. <laughs> what is that? Nothing. Oh, can't touch him. Very good. So, Vision goes intangible, puts his hand around Magneto's heart. He's solid, and Magneto's gone before Magneto has a chance to do anything. So, I don't think that would necessarily happen, but it could happen. I don't, I don't think it's that decisive. Here's my reasoning. Magneto. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Next it's been a one. Long day. Next one. And Moldwich finally says that he dug Astonishing X Men number forty eight, as did we. All right. Final questions coming in from our favorite Levi P. Tompkins in the world. This is <laughs> Levi P. Tompkins. Why don't comics use thought bubbles anymore? Well, you know, it's really an aesthetic choice that has taken hold in the last decade, particularly. We use mostly caption and narration boxes now. Brian Michael Bendis brought Thought Bubbles back for a little while in Mighty Avengers, and he talked about this, but really, I think it's an economy of space issue. You can convey the same thing with a Thought Bubble that you can convey with a narrative box, but you can place a narrative box anywhere, so you don't have to cover as much of the art. The Thought Bubble, they take up a little more room, and they have to be right next to the character's head, so it just allows our artists, our letterers, our writers, and our editors a little more freedom to work with. So, there you go. Yes. Finally, Levi P. Tompkins asks, what characters we'd want to see in Avengers Alliance? I think if I... And I, well, I'm not saying this knowing who's coming and who's not, but I would love to be able to play as Cable. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you know I love me some Cable. Great possibilities of attacks, especially you think to Marvel vs. Capcom 2. There's some cool stuff you could adapt you know, from that stuff. It'd just be great. I love the idea, of course, of Nova being in the game. Boring. I think there's a lot of potential there. Some really cool attacks, but you know... Another one of my favorite characters, also a little, little shout-out to our boy Tim Dillon. I think Iceman would be great in yeah. the game. You know, you already got Human Torch, you got the Frost Giants. Seems like a natural fit. Jack of Hearts would be fantastic. Stingray. Namor. Tiger Shark. Dr. Druid. Yeah, of course. Century, as we mentioned earlier. Century and Century. Yeah. Speed Demon. The Wizard. The Leopard. Puma. Yep. All the Cravens. Wasp. 
Which wasp? All the wasps. All the wasps. Every wasp. The slinger. If we could get a slinger's pack. Yep. Death's Head 1 and 2. Give me Death's Head 2 and I'll be happy. Knights of Pendragon. Yeah. Living, so all that. Living Lightning. Like. Blake? Based on Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, if anybody ever played that, the two best characters were Gambit Wrong. and Silver Surfer. So, those two. Nancy Wynn? I agree. Why did you cover your face with a piece of paper? It could still hear you. So you're with Blake, huh? All right, cool. Fair enough. All right, guys, that wraps up episode number 23 of This Week in Marvel. Remember, if you have questions or comments or anything you want to talk about, tweet to us using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. You can also tweet to us using at Agent underscore M, at Ben J. Morse, at Blake Garris, at Strami, at Bounty Rolos, and at Fangirling Daily. And also remember that if you have any questions for the editors of Avengers vs. X-Men for our special AVX podcast coming up, use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvelAVX and we will get right to those. Ooh, sugar beets. Alright guys, thanks a lot. We'll be back in a week. This is Marvel, your universe.